welcome to Aspire, and Happy New Year to you. <laughs> this satsang, this radio program is for Sunday, January 1st, 2017, and I'm very grateful to be with you in this new year. We're going to be looking at the word change, what it means, and how much of it we can expect in our life. I want to remind you, as I always do, about the generosity and the loving kindness of my sponsors who make this radio program and our TV programs possible. And if you're enjoying any and all of these, I hope that you will become a sponsor. See the value of what we're trying to do here. You can change people or you can give them uh, money and help and um, all sorts of things. And those things are in my opinion, very important to do. But the one thing that we really need is love, sweet love, and how to work with love within our own inner being. These radio programs and TV programs are dedicated to the ultimate change, the ultimate help in a person's life. It comes from within. It is the essence of a person, the beingness of a person. It is coming to that blessed place where love is more important than hate and fear, and that would wipe out all of our issues in this world, everything. And we do it person by person by person, and maybe you're the next in line, as it were, to to have this kind of loving experience. I hope so. Anyway, if so, I hope that you will help us sustain our radio program. I'm not offering you religion or philosophy. I'm offering you the direct experience of everything that you came on this planet to experience. Consciousness, a sense of inner being, a sense of the the vastness of life itself. So here is Aspire, here is Satsang, and I'm very grateful you chose to be with us. I uh, ask for questions, and I get them. And during the Christmas uh, week, and really about a week before that, I was getting emails, believe it or not, about change. There's a lot of um, uncomfortable people out there due to the change in our government, change in the president, change in everything that are very... um, interesting emails. Some of them I can't uh, use. (laughs) They're just not usable. Um, And others I wish I could use, but they're a little too political. And then I had to find the ones that were kind of middle stream, middle road, um, talking about uh, inner work. And I found a few. You know, inner work is not uh, popular. It, It really is. And personal transformation is passe for most people. They don't even know what it means. They weren't raised with it. It's, um, it's inner work. Spiritual work is considered uh, a matter of taste. You either have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, it's not worth acquiring. And if you do have it, you kind of keep it under wraps. But how far should you take it? How far is this uh, before it gets into woo-woo land? That's what people tell me. So uh, I try to help you understand the nature of what it means to have an authentic spiritual life in an authentic spiritual world that we live in through an authentic spiritual practice. It's, It's really that easy, that simple. And it takes a unique kind of person, truly unique, to understand this. So 
I got these three questions, and I thought they were very interesting, and I hope you do too. First one comes from Lisa. She does not tell me where she lives. No, I'm sorry, she does. La Crescenta, California. La Crescenta. I'm sorry, Lisa. It's funny. I, I want change, but I want it in a way that I can control. I don't trust the world, and I don't trust people. Any comments, Lisa? I don't know what you mean by you don't trust the world. Um, if you're talking about the collective um, unconscious out there, uh, the collective of uh, the whole of humanity, the populace of humanity, I understand how you feel. And if you're talking about not trusting uh, people individually, uh, I think I understand that too. There's a lot of people that have uh, come and gone in our lives that we thought were um, trustworthy or friends and they turned out not to be. You know, uh, Lisa, most people have an agenda and that's really what it's all about, fulfilling their, their agenda. And if they have this agenda and it gets met, then they love you. And if they uh, don't get their agenda met, then you're you, they move on to someone else who might fulfill that agenda. So that's just human nature. That's the pedestrian mentality. That's the me, my, I kind of mentality that most people possess in their life. You say it's funny that you want change, but you want it in a way in which you can control. Authentic change can never be controlled, Lisa, and you get this uh, feeling of wanting control uh, from your DNA. In a woman's DNA, she wants stability. Her whole idea is uh, to find uh, some suitor uh, to make a baby with, and then uh, that person is uh, clandestine to uh, (laughs) um, spend the rest of his life paying for those children that she wants so much. And we never question this. This It's just the way a lot of people are. I... Um, you can't really uh, talk about it too much because uh, women get up in arms, but I don't care. It's the whole thing of just following your body's genetics and DNA. The DNA is there for all of us to have uh, children. Uh, It's a very big uh, primal push inside of us. Our genetics is what comes out of that DNA. Uh, It's our individuality uh, based on our family lineage. Now, that means that our individuality isn't too individual because we have traits and um, all sorts of uh, neurosis, psychosis, and you know, uh, emotional pulls that uh, are genetic by nature. They're handed down from one generation to another via the body. So the body itself is uh, kind of a karmic instrument too. So you have all of this stuff going on inside of a human being and they're looking to survive. We don't know why we want to survive. And that's, Lisa, the, the kind of question I have for you. I mean, why should you survive? Why should you live? Why? You, because you want children or you have children or you have a husband or you have a, a life in this world and you want to enjoy it, quote, unquote. Is that all it's about? What, what is it that would, so to speak, 
and I'm just going to use words, throwing stuff out here. We're playing a game here. What is it that would make you think you you were worthy of living? You deserve to live. How, how do you know you're just not another one of those consumers that is out there just buying, buying, buying and, and trying to sock away a few um, nuts here and there for the future, but basically just trying to have the normal life, the American life, as people tell me. How do you know? And if so, is that enough anymore? Maybe you should be eliminated. Maybe I should be eliminated. Maybe we should all be eliminated. That's kind of the way it looks to me that uh, we're being eliminated. I think it's survival of the fittest. I think Darwin was right. Um, I think there is a lot of that going on inside uh, our lives that we don't know about inside our culture. We're a very different individual alone than we are in a group. And depending upon the group, uh, we change our personality, our persona, our ideas, our ideals change. All sorts of things happen when we are mixed with other people. There is all sorts of stuff going on when you think in terms of your genetics and DNA. So the change that you want maybe in 2017 um, might not be the change you can control. And what do you do there? How do you control the uncontrollable? Life is uncontrollable. Somewhere in your future is your death. Somewhere in your future is your uh, momentary happiness here and there. Somewhere in your future, there is something going to happen that's going to change everything about your future. And maybe you have a destiny and maybe you're headed towards that destiny and don't know it or don't know what that means or can't figure out what that is. And maybe you're even afraid of that. Life is a great mystery. It really is. And it belongs to those who can live in un conscionable generosity. This generosity is about the freedom to let go, to let go, to let go, to let go. Let go of what? Of fear, of hate, of anger, of pride. To seek love over hate, over every single thing. And the trouble with a lot of us is in this world that we never forget when someone has hurt us or someone has done something unkind to us. And then we start getting more and more vengeful, more and more resentful. And before you know it, we're just nothing but a great big ball of knots and uh, we don't want this, we don't want that, we're all tied up inside, and we're not free to have a sense of what it means to see the bigger picture in our life. And the problem with a lot of us is we never see the bigger picture, not never, not ever. We don't see what we're headed towards, we don't see how this begat that, begat that, how what I do here affects you way over there, and I don't even know you, and why should I care if it affects you? Because in the end, you don't know who you're affecting. That person might be you in another form. That person that you affect way over there on the other side of the world might be a rendezvous with you. They may be something that connects you to another rendezvous and another rendezvous. And brings you to someone or something that's very significant and extremely important to your life. You don't know. You don't care to know. And so here we are. Lisa, 
we're all facing great change now. And this change is either one that is going to harm us or it's going to help us understand how to care for ourselves better, more loving, in a more loving way. I don't know where it's all going. I'm not a soothsayer. I wish I were, but I'm not. I'm just a teacher, and I don't plan the future. I don't look at it and try to say, well, it's this and a that and a this and a that. It is what it is. And I try very hard to uh, remain aware in this future. I hope you do too. And the only way you can do that is to be present in the moment. Don't fight the changes you see happening. If you see where they're headed and you don't like it, like it's going to hurt you or someone else or the world, then be the change in the world you want to see in this world, as Gandhi said. Be that change. That's what it's all about. Can I change? Lisa, thank you for your beautiful question. I wish you a very blessed and happy new year. Namaste. Hope she can forgive me for that when I kind of went out a little far for most people's taste. But nonetheless, it's what my workshops are going to be about uh, coming up uh, this week. I have one on uh, Saturday uh, up here in Northern California uh, in uh, Monterey, Carmel, and then another one down in Encinitas the following week. It's going to be very interesting. Next one comes from Reynolds, and uh, he lives in Los Angeles. That's what he says. Would it be correct to say that the world does not want to change due to the idea that it can't handle it via karma, and we are all headed towards a destiny that is going to be quite ugly? Hmm. Devastating is the word he also used, Reynolds. We are headed for whatever we're headed for. I don't know what that is. To say that it is going to be awful would be a dramatization of it all. To say it's going to be wonderful would be equally silly. So... I think it is best to stay in the middle. Nati, nati. Neither this, neither that. Just to watch, to observe. You know, how things in this world are going to affect you and me are based on the, the level of love that we have achieved in our life. How much love have you achieved? How much kindness have you achieved? How much compassion? How willing are you? And what is your willingness all about? What have you achieved in the state of love? How conscious have you and I been? That's your destiny. It isn't in the stars in the sense of the worldly uh, regimens that we see around us where people are telling us politically this and politically that and socially this and socially that. Your my future is in the love, the love that we can feel within us, the love that pertains to us, the love that uh, goes beyond our emotionality. It is love, sweet love, that makes this whole thing valuable. 
Some people have a destiny, Reynolds, that is filled with difficulties because they are rigid about what they trust, what they like, what they don't like. They want people to be a certain way. They want their lives a certain way. They have a philosophy and their own religions. No matter what church you may think you go to, you have your own religion deep inside. And it pertains to the love that lives within you. And whether or not you've had a direct experience in that love, real love, or you've merely cast off love to emotionality and have made emotions your sense of love. Most people make emotionality love, and that's where we go wrong. No matter what, we as an earthly experience have a a destiny to fulfill. We have something that we're going to face along the road of our life one way or the other. It can be faced with anger and hatred and fear, or It can be realized through love and kindness. If it is realized through hate and fear, then it's what I call uh, living on the rough, coarse edge of life. The coarse edge of culture, society, and politics, religion. People's ignorance. You never should let other people's ignorance be the measure of your life. You should never let their uh, ignorance of love intimidate you into hate and fear should always always sustain that consciousness of love that lives within you through meditation and you have to drop this idea you have about right and wrong good and bad even this idea of god and the devil and all the duality that people get involved in because these dualities do not change anything these dualities do not make you a better person. They don't uh, bring you to the rendezvous of love. They only bring you to um, be a curmudgeon, mean-spirited, always negative, looking at life from the point of view of what they believe is reality, which is harshness, all of that stuff. It's not good, and it's not the way we need to live in this world. We need to understand we are one with each other. And everything I do here affects you over there. And I may not know you and how this affects you, but it does affect you. Because maybe you're not aware of how things affect you. So we become more affected by other people's actions and reactions. The conscious person is conscious They have worked at being conscious, which means they are present in themselves, alive. And it is all about love for them. It is not about gaining and losing and right and wrong. It's about love. And in that love is a great awakening. Most people would sacrifice that great awakening, that great love for a dollar bill or whatever it is they think that would make them uh, happier in the sense of being supported. And that's just not the way. I can't talk people down from their, their hatred. I've tried for years. I've had friends, students, lovers, tried to talk them down from hate and fear. Can't be done. It's too... Um, 
too important to their their psyche, too important to their mental and emotional um, psyche. That's the best word for it. And uh, the only thing I can do is sustain my own love and keep it in my own ballpark. So Reynolds, that's what I would say to you. Don't fall for the, the crap that everybody wants to throw at you. Telling you nay this and nay that and be aware of the world and oh, there's so much to be afraid of. Don't go there. Move into love. Be conscious. Be pertinent to your heart. And let your life be pertinent to your heart. Please forgive me. Namaste. Hmm. The last question comes from Gary. He does not tell me where he lives. I finally got one right here. Can we change the metaphoric water into wine? Or is it too late, Greg? Gary. I'm an optimist in some ways and a pessimist in others. <laughs> and that's the way Gregory is. And I don't pay too much attention to him. So I'm not going to go into my optimism or my pesticism. <laughs> I'm a pesky person there. I, I think this is a question that only depends upon the person. It's an individual question. Are you willing to change the water into wine metaphorically? They Are you willing to change your life from being pedestrian, unkind, unconscionable in the form of hate and fear and, and uh, anger? Or are you going to use that conscionable attitude to turn the waters into wine? Are you going to change your life because you can? Are you going to stay focused on what it means to change your life? Rather than looking around and thinking, well, this person's doing this and that person's doing that and I should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. You have to learn one thing and I'm going to give it to you, Gary. Be true to your heart. Do not betray your heart. If you betray your heart, you betray your entire life. And you're going to find that in that betrayal, no matter what the appearances may be or what people are saying about you, if you betray it, you become one of them. If you can be true to your heart, true to forgiveness, true to kindness, true to compassion, true to meditation, authentic in your heart, you can do many wonderful things with your life. Will you be able to change the water into wine? Of course. Of course. At any moment it can happen. I tell my students this all the time. You can be difficult and difficult and difficult all through your life. But should that one moment come, that one single moment where you have self-realization that is beyond the small mind, small emotions, into the bigger picture of your life, everything in your life will change. And I mean everything. Nothing will remain the same. And everything changes in a blink of an eye. Yes, you can. Or 
not. It's up to you. Please forgive me. <laughs> Namaste. I uh, have a wonderful, as I was saying to you, I, mean, I have a uh, wonderful uh, workshop that is going to happen down in, um, well, first of all, in Monterey on uh, Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a really wonderful one. We're going to be doing our white stone ceremony, and I have another little ceremony where uh, people write in a card. Um, uh, they answer a question I give them, and then I keep them for a year and send them back uh, during the holiday next year. So on the uh, on the 7th of January in Monterey, I have a wonderful workshop. I'm going to be introducing two new beautiful Tibetan pulsing meditations. And if you can't be with us, uh, you can order those over the internet if you want over the um, aspire.org uh, website and just look under new meditations. They're there. And then I'm going to be down in Encinitas on the uh, 14th to do the very same uh, beautiful workshop to prepare my students for Mount Madonna coming up here in March. And we're, we have a theme for this year. We're going to be working on deathlessness. It's a very important thing to understand that we never, ever die. Hmm. Changes the scope of the way we think. I'm out of here. Have a beautiful, beautiful New Year's Day. And please forgive me. Thank you for listening. Namaste. Namaste.